black is the new yellow when it comes to taxis in New York. And tomorrow's weather forecast is cloudy with a chance of asteroids. Let's, Let's learn, learn a thing, thing or two. two. What's up, Matt? How are you doing today? Welcome I'm back good. to the Two Top Podcast. Welcome back. Matt, as always, a week has gone by. A week of our lives has passed. And, you know, I think here at Two Top, we like to address cultural issues in our everyday lives. I'm only saying that because every time someone asks me what Two Top is about, I try to narrow it down. And I realize whenever we talk on Two Top, we really seem to focus on cultural things in a sense whether it's history or modern day tech, it all affects our culture and it affects our everyday lives. And Matt, there's a software company right now that's been affecting my life recently. Can you take a guess? What could possibly be affecting my software life? Is it one of the big ones? It's one of the big ones, but not one of the headliners. Oh, what could, what could be affecting you right now? Actually, he could be on the headlines right now. He. Or she. I actually or she. don't know. Matt, today I want to... I don't know. I I don't know. Matt, today I want to talk about... Well, we'll take a pause. First, I'll tell you the backstory to lead to this. Matt, I want to talk about taxis. Oh, okay. I want to talk about the New York taxis and the medallion system and how New York was going to give out 17,000 medallions when the medallion system started. The medallion system, to those who not aware was a system that in order to drive a taxi, a yellow cab, you had to have a medallion and you had to buy the medallion. And the medallion over time has gone up in price to at one point in 2013, it was worth a million dollars to have a medallion. Oh yeah. But I was doing all this research on taxis and I came across the killer of all taxis, Uber. Mm. Matt, I want to talk about Uber today. That's a big one, Thomas. And I don't know a lot about it, so I'm intrigued. Well, we're going to talk about Uber in the modern in the modern light. A lot of things are going on right now in Uber. Well, not in Uber, but in America involving Uber. So Uber is good to an extent. Uber is good for the consumer. You want to take a ride from point A to point B, you call an Uber. Uber is bad in the sense that Uber doesn't really treat its drivers in the best way. It's a very hands-off type of business. Matt, so let's compare it to taxis. Taxis, in order to be used and driven in New York, you have to go through a class, and then you have to pass a background check. And there's steps, you know? They don't let any Joe Schmo drive a taxi. No, not at all. In London, you actually need to have, I don't know how many streets, but nearly all of the streets in London memorized to be a taxi driver in London, to drive one of those black cars. But then you have Uber, which I'm sure it's changed since, but when it started about four years ago, when I was, was the article I was researching, uh, you have to watch a 13-minute video. 13 minutes, have a car. And then you're ready to go. Just, just drive. I guess you need a license, but so or do you? What do you trust more, the taxi driver or the Uber driver? I think traditionally it was the taxi driver because that always got you from point A to point B. Nowadays, kids who have never taken a taxi, which are are many kids, 
kids, youth, adults even, most people taking these ride services are taking Uber and they trust Uber way more than they would choose a taxi. I've hailed an Uber. I've hailed a taxi once in Philadelphia in high school. Yeah, so did I. It was back in high school before Uber was a honestly before it was a thing. Definitely. So since Uber has been growing massively, it's a great service in a sense. I need to go down to 22nd Street and well, there's no real subway to get there. So I take an Uber. Yeah. Or I'm going to some other part of Philly or I'm going home. I call an Uber. But the drivers for Uber are the real people who suffer here. I mean, I drive. They surge my prices. On New Year's Eve last in 2016, the surge charge was 17 times the original cost. Of just taking Seven a ride times. as a passenger. Yes. That's Oof. how much they charge you more. Yikes. So, you know... Why are we talking about Uber? Well, Uber drivers are not employees. So there was research done that says an Uber driver makes an average of $20 an hour, which is really great. Yeah, good for them. But that's as a contractor. So if you think, if I work for a company, like I work for a taxi service, I'm the driver, they pay me. But then the company pays for the garage for the car they pay for the maintenance of the car they pay for the gas of the car uber you're getting paid 20 an hour but you're having to pay for your car insurance your health insurance gas damage damage on the the car car, flat tire right so all these things depreciate the value to it ends up being that you're actually getting more like 822 Almost minimum wage, I guess, depending on where you are. In some states, it is. So, Uber is in hot water right now. And in California, there's legislation being pushed to have Uber. Well, not just Uber. It was a more blanket statement to hit as many people, but mainly Uber, that contractors now have to have some benefit. Like they have to be treated as employees. Yeah. Because all these, these are what are known as um, sharing economies, all these businesses. Another example would be Airbnb, where you just contract yourself out or your services or your goods, AKA your house, if it's Airbnb, your car and your driving time, if it's Uber. It's so new. I mean, it's not that new there. Historically, there are businesses like where you could rent out services, but on this, technology platform where anyone can do it it's huge now so there has to be a change and they've been having a lot of problems i know with quality control of rides for the most part it's been working out obviously it's huge money going into these industries these sharing economies but you see a lot of problems with the 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 drivers not being regulated and a lot of that is because they don't have incentive like those benefits so it's not really the best time to be an uber driver not really i'd say it's the worst time but you know what? At least they're not being picked on by taxi drivers. Oh, wait, they kind of are. They kind of are, Thomas. Are there a any couple instances? years ago? Yeah, a couple years ago in Paris, the taxi drivers went on a revolt and they were throwing bricks and stones off of overpasses on Uber cars. Jeez, a coup d'etat. It was an all out war oh. against Uber. I mean, some cities have been trying to say Uber. No, you're yeah. not coming here. But they legally, they can't, correct? To an extent. 
it's similar to I'm alluding to our episode, the last mile transit of the scooters that we were talking about. Their band, they weren't going to come to Philadelphia because they had a lot of flaws. But Uber came overnight. They just kind of appeared. And what could we do to stop that? I guess there's not much. Well, the thing is, Uber does struggle because you have services like Apple and Amazon, where if Amazon wants to get expand to a new market, you know, the supplies that the demand is there mm-hmm. and they are the supply. But for Uber, since they are a tech service, they can go into like Beijing. Yeah, anywhere, anywhere. But they need to have drivers in order to get riders. And if there's a driver with no riders, there's no driver. And if there's no riders, and if there's a lot of riders and no drivers, then there's no there's no one to take any rides. Yeah. So it's this crazy mix of it's really what comes first, the chicken or the egg? What comes first, the desire for a driver to drive or a rider to ride? Who is the one who's the deciding factor of is Uber coming to this area? But Uber is everywhere. It's like Starbucks or Dunkin'. It's almost in every city. But in some places, it just doesn't work. So the thing is, Uber's not going away. Uber's going to be around for a long time. They can't really get rid of it, in a sense. Uber, I mean, they okay, <laughs> they can get rid of it. That's a totally viable thing to do. They can just say, Uber, get out. But C- Cities say that, not Uber as a company. The issue with Uber is what they do and how they perform it since they they don't treat themselves as a ride uh, like a taxi company. They treat themselves as a technology company, which is they are true. just supplying the technology for people who have an open seat in their car to pick up someone for a ride home. Except we all know it's a lot more than that. But you know some legal mumbo jumbo they're able to hide what it really is yeah does it change my opinion of uber not so much i feel like i've known about these things is it going to make me more attentive to what's going on in the media absolutely i mean people spend their whole lives driving uber i mean people spend their whole lives doing taxis some of those taxi drivers in new york they their life savings are in that taxi medallion. Yeah, yeah. People have to it's mortgage their house to pay off that medallion. Because what happens is you kind of buy a medallion and then you, you know, it's almost like a stock. It's, it has value. Yeah. And you kind of, it's like, all right, I have this medallion. Now I'm going to pay it off. I have work. And I can rent it to people to drive it. Yeah. But the problem yeah. is since there's now more Ubers and taxis in New York, because of that, now the people who like say I bought a medallion and you have a company now your company doesn't want to rent my medallion because they don't need it. There's no people pay taking flat, taxes. Cheap, much cheaper rate for just people who don't need to own the medallion. Yeah. Not, no, not even that. Just no one's taking taxis. There's no business. Yeah. Because it's Uber. Uber's and, taking and it away. Lyft's taking it away. Do you yeah. know any other rideshare services besides Uber and Lyft? No, they have the monopoly as far as I'm concerned. Are I you, think I think there might be one more. Are you a Lyft guy or an Uber guy? I have never used Lyft, but I have been frustrated by Uber drivers in the past where I'm like, I swear I'm going to Lyft. But I try not to support them at all because I know there are so many flaws with the companies that it's screwing everything up. 
just I, try to stay out of it. I've had some weird lift experiences. Every time I've taken a lift, there's always been missed turn or really? just almost accidents or just oh. not sure where they're going or just in we, interesting person. Is it cheaper? Sometimes, but not all the time. That's what I thought. It's all variable. So many factors going into well, play. You want to talk about price. So there's surge pricing, mm-hmm. which can be caused if, say, three drivers are driving on Temple and they all log off at the same time. Drivers immediately decrease in the area, surging prices. Yeah. So they create a surge. Then you have, there's rumors that based on your beginning location, your end location, showing that you have more money, saying I'm going from Sugar House to a yacht, like to the pier, to the yacht. It shows two valuable locations. They rumor has it the AI can upcharge on that too. It knows. It knows where people want to be. Well, there's a rumor also that apparently it knows how much battery you have left on your phone, on your phone. And it's able to be like recognize. Oh man, this person's phone is almost dead. So they want to get back home to charge it. Wow. That's, that's so manipulative, but so genius. So since I don't someone's like phone battery is lower, they know that that Uber is going to be more important to them. So they're willing to up the price a little because they're those desperate. people are going to pay that price. It's desperation, Thomas. They're feeding off people's desperation. That's some personal information that you don't think is very personal, but it's very personal because it, it shows, affects you. It shows the situation you're in at the time. Wow. And think they're, they really are just a software company if you think about it. They, they know the tricks. They know analytics. They know data. They read the data and they employ it through their resources that are not actually their resources. So who wow. knows? And with autonomous cars, Uber's really pushing to have a auto automatic autonomous cars. Yeah. And you know why? Because of that thing. It's like if there's no drivers, no one can ride. And if there's no riders, no one can drive. But if they can, if they can remove drivers. the drivers... Then, human drivers. Then they don't have to pay the drivers. Yeah. They have their own fleet. They now, they are the taxi. Yeah. So I so think it if it really moves software. in that direction, that's that's what we're going to have. We're going to have autonomous Ubers driving around the city. Jeez. I'm excited. Kind of spooked, but a little excited. I'm very spooked. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know battery was such a personal piece of information that definitely affects. It definitely does. I can tell you it definitely does affect how you, you act. Your trip moment. from point A to point B can say a lot about what time you're taking that trip, where you're going, where you're starting. Yeah. How Your ride history, I'm sure. How many people things. in the area are also making rides out? Like if a concert just gets out, I usually walk away from the venue. Oh, you have to. Otherwise, it's like $40, Thomas. Because if you call it right to the front door of the venue, everybody walking out of that venue is also trying to get it at that spot too. Yeah. So I usually walk a distance and then call it. And it's so usually I can, watch the, I can watch the price go down as I'm walking away. Yeah. Jeez. It's a manipulative system, but My goodness, it is. they're smart. They're making money. Actually... They're kind of losing money due to, well, you you don't really make that much. But there's so many, like, investors. When, when they put it in scale, they are making a lot of money. 
in, a in, the, in the small run, now they're not making a lot of money per ride, but when they're millions of rides per year, they're making a lot of money. It's a it's a business. Well, yeah. there there was some graphic that I saw that they were losing money, but that was four years ago. So I think now they're probably back on the uptick. They're always in the news, though. I know. I know. Just like two weeks ago, there was like a an Uber driver that went crazy back near where we're from uh, in Westchester, and they went. They like, like locked these girls in the car. Nice. With like some road rage. Nothing bad happened, but I mean, that's pretty bad, right? Doesn't it's not, look good. Not ideal. Now they're like vet our Uber drivers, like vet them so we know they're safe people, and that's a whole other process, you know? Yeah. It's but a, you also don't want to be the reason that they're vetting them is because they did something wrong in the first place. You yeah. want to pre vet them, you know? Yeah. Pre. Oh, absolutely. Pre vet before they hire them. Yeah. And only. Now, I was working for Uber bicycle delivery, and I saw the surging, and I made the money and the stuff. Uber Eats, I, you know when to take I know when rides. to go out. I know to go at midnight to 3 a.m. on a Friday night and Saturday night, and I know to go to Center City on this street because all these restaurants are definitely going to get orders. It's just the and fact those, is. And some of those restaurants are bigger orders, which means a bigger tip. Yeah, 100%. And I know if I can hit the ones that I've delivered and I got a big tip from before, normally the people who sh- – shop there are going to tip again whereas riders it's so variable like so many different people but restaurants are very and the thing is with uber rides you could end up in multiple parts of the city so you may pick someone up in rittenhouse area and then drop them off here in north philly and then you're going to pick up a ride that's near the drop off yeah so now you're picking up someone in this area which is a completely different different demographic destination ideas for what people do on a friday night Maybe they'll go to South Philly after that, and you're driving a whole heck of a distance. Maybe you get an – rumor has it you don't know the destination until the ride is accepted. So who knows? Oh, yeah, that's you, true. You might accept the ride, and all of a sudden it's – That is true. One hour to the airport or an hour drive home, and then you're my, an hour away from where you live. When I started delivering for Uber, they – did show you where you're going before you take it and they were proud of that in the update of the app and I read it I was like oh yes I get to see and then a week later they took it off because people probably declined when they, they saw declined it. so many they accepted them and then they de- declined right away because they were like oh wait a minute I didn't read it carefully and so that's bad so you, you know I understand why I'll tell you what though Thomas the Uber support for delivery drivers and um like passenger transport drivers is pretty good. It's a person that answers on the phone, like an actual person 24 seven. And you can call them directly from your Uber driver app. And they've helped me out a couple of times when like orders didn't include everything. They're like, don't worry about it. You have like three options, choose whatever you want. One of the options was keep the food and just like forget it. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> How I never did, you, did that. Oh. I did. I, I missed a two liter soda one time and they're like, you can just apologize to the person and say it wasn't included. You can go back to the restaurant and take extra time, but you won't be paid anymore. And I was like, then I'm not doing that. And they're like, or you could go back to the restaurant after and keep the soda and we'll credit the person that ordered it. And I was like, okay, so I did that. So I got a two liter Pepsi. Hey, I mean, whatever works, it's a system. Uber's here for a while. I don't know if that happens with everyone, but it it was a pleasant experience. I think it's a very, they tried to up their, uber to driver support on like a personable level and i know they have a location for us it's near the the airport here in in the city where drivers actually go and they can 
Um, I know they have to get their car inspected. I'm not a passenger driver, but I think that's where you go to do it. So they're trying to make it a more person thing. But honestly, that seems like it's just a ploy to please the news. It's all about call out it's all it. about your impre- uh, impression to the media. So I yeah. wouldn't be too surprised. But Matt, let's thing. let's switch gears. You know, I'm gonna take an <laughs> Uber down to Matt Topic territory. Take an Uber down here, Thomas. But what if I told you that an Uber might not matter and nothing else matters anymore? The end is near, Matt. The end is near, and that's what that's what I'm gonna talk about today. The end is near. It's as near as right now as we're talking, and specifically tomorrow. Do you know why? You can probably guess. I gave you a hint earlier. I told you to look up. Keep your eyes out. The sun's going to go. The sun's going to disappear one day? Yes, possibly it will burn out. But Or a supernova has happened millions of light years away and it's finally just hitting. taking years and years to reach us. Maybe. Oh. That I do not know. We're talking asteroids. We're talking asteroids, Thomas. Okay. Specific, specifically meteorites. Now, we've touched on this before, and I wanted to revisit this topic with a very relevant case. Okay, so if you open up your weather on your phone right now, say you see, okay, it's going to rain tomorrow. High of uh, 65 degrees, pretty cool, cloudy. What's that, an asteroid? Yeah, there's, there's going to be an asteroid flying by tomorrow. There's actually going to be seven asteroids flying by tomorrow. Ooh. As we speak right now, I believe another, yeah, the first seven are flying by right now, and then the next couple are going to fly by tomorrow, and there are, I will tell you how many are going to hit tomorrow. They're not impacting Earth. They're just no, flying by. they're flying by, and I'm going to I'm gonna break it down on how NASA measures that because this is very interesting. I kind of, I saw it on a, a news headline when I opened up uh, Google on my phone, and it was like, asteroids coming toward Earth. And I was like, how do I not click this? Like, I clicked it. It literally had one caption. I was like, Asteroid coming tomorrow, October, what is it, 9th. Yeah, yeah, October 9th. And I was like, what? Is that it? And it gave no information. It maybe had like the video spam. A nice video little thing. photo. Yeah. So I was like, what is going on? So I went to NASA's website. And yes, indeed, NASA posted like a press thing on this. And they're like, yes, an asteroid is coming toward Earth tomorrow. But if you keep in mind, Thomas, at the scale of things, asteroids are coming by Earth all the time. They're just flying rocks. It's when they become a meteorite is when we need to be concerned. So do you remember I covered the difference between an asteroid and a meteor in a previous episode? Uh, yeah, you did. Do you remember what makes them different? What's like an asteroid? Um, a comet has a tail. Comet has a tail, correct. Uh, asteroids, asteroids don't touch Earth and meteorites do? Yeah, is that, they don't penetrate the orbit okay. of Earth. Or, so or the, the a meteorite... Spheres hits an asteroid drives by it doesn't a meteorite doesn't necessarily have to hit the earth but it has to puncture the atmosphere so it can fly really close and start to burn up and start to burn up which is why you see so a shooting star is a meteorite because it you you would not be able to see an asteroid with a tail you only see meteorites with a tail so that's a shooting star that's what everyone sees so now that we have that cleared up tomorrow we will be seeing a 21 meter long space rock Similar to the size of, I'd say, like a blue whale. Okay? Oh. The impressive asteroid, no, I say asteroid, not meteor, so it will not be puncturing Earth's atmosphere. They already know this. They saw the trajectory. I watched the animation. Well, it's pretty cool. We know that since they called it an asteroid in the first place, it's not even a concern. Yeah. So, okay, that's, that's a first little tip to take. If you see headlines that say asteroid coming toward Earth, 
it's an asteroid. It's not going to be a meteor. You don't have to worry there's, about it. There's no boom. There's no crash. There's no, there's no mass extinction event. Not at all. Nothing to worry about here, Thomas. Now, the thing that's interesting, on the animation that NASA posted, the asteroid literally skims the edge of where our satellites are orbiting. It has a bunch of little blips that show the orbit of our satellites. It skims it. So it could take out some satellites that might crash into Earth eventually. So there's always options for disaster. But NASA has this all planned out. So tomorrow, October 9th, this will be after the episode comes out. Or this this episode will be after the meteor, or passes. I'm sorry, the asteroid passes. I hope someone saw it. I hope someone saw it too, and that's what I, I was looking I out it. for. You won't be able to see the asteroids, but there are a couple rocks that might turn into meteors that are much smaller. But this one at 21 meters long is coming very close to Earth, and it will be traveling 17.1 kilometers per second, which is, if you do the math in your head, 61,500 kilometers per hour. It's pretty fast. It's pretty darn fast, pretty, Thomas. Pretty it's darn so fast. darn fast. So the largest of these uh, asteroids that are coming by tomorrow is actually going to be the size of the Great Pyramid of Giza, like the biggest pyramid. It's a rock these are big, big rocks. These are huge space rocks. So the smallest is about 16 meters in size. Um, it's a little bit longer than a double-decker bus. This is hitting tomorrow. Um, the first seven space rocks will zoom past today, and then the next ones are tomorrow with that one that i said is 21 meters long so it's interesting because they're flying pretty close to earth but not super close so there's actually a unit of measurement called an ld a lunar distance and do you think can you guess what a lunar distance is based on the name yeah it's the distance to the moon the distance to the moon so if you're looking at 1.4 lunar distances oh, that's it's only, past the moon it's it's a halfway past it's a moon and a half away past the moon if that makes sense so it's pretty – it could hit the moon, theoretically. Technically. Well, this one couldn't. But wi anything within one lunar distance could hit the moon because it's not as close to Earth. It's still the, – the moon is I outside yeah. of our satellite orbit, but it's still considered one lunar distance. So, so that means that – We're just past it. There is a threat at some point if something were to come that close. But since the lunar distance is so, I mean, it's the distance to the it's moon. It's the moon, which is, I can tell you exactly, it's 538,162 kilometers. I mean, also thinking so. a pyramid of Giza-sized rock is big, but if it hits the moon, it's not that big. The moon's pretty big. The Earth is pretty big, you know? In comparison, the Great Pyramid of Giza is oh, not wait, big in the scale a, of the world. I don't know, actually. That's, but at that velocity, that seems like a big rock. it would do a lot. And I'm going to I'm gonna get into some predicted damage. They kind of give, give a scale here. But no, like you said, it does still pose a threat to Earth. So it's classified as an NEO or near-Earth object. So NEOs are terrifying. And this could be its own long, drawn-out topic because there are so many NEOs that are already predicted. Like you said, like a supernova might have exploded million years ago and it's finally working its way the radiation or whatever is hitting earth same with asteroids flying through the universe nasa is constantly sweeping telescopes trying to find rocks flying toward earth and predicting the trajectory because any of those rocks that have launched a million years ago from a star exploding might be making its way over here well i was trying to think and i realized an asteroid is probably is probably a lot easier to calculate what an asteroid is doing than most other space objects. Because since there's only gravity, there's no resistance, you can throw something and it will keep going that velocity in that direction. So 
I'm sure these scientists can really easily get it down to find out what it is. Just some simple math of you have a velocity of the asteroid going in this direction at this velocity. There's a gravitational pull in this direction. Yeah. Probably affects it to a good amount. Absolutely. The sun probably affects it. There's so many factors in space and plus limited. Actually, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, it's it's limited friction near no friction out in the atmosphere or the vacuum of space. There's no atmosphere. So it's anything, a vacuum. There's nothing that can slow Anything down. that's speeding by will not lose any momentum whatsoever. So it's going to hit with full force. Absolutely. It will burn up in the atmosphere, which is another thing. So that pyramid-sized rock will not be a pyramid-sized rock once it hits Earth. But the bigger it is, the bigger the chance it has. It gets smaller, too. It starts to break up. It becomes a pyramid. Then yeah. it goes down to what? I don't know. The Sphinx. Sphinx We're at the size, Sphinx size, and then we get down Sphinx a little smaller. Size. The Sphinx's nose, and then we get into, like, maybe, like, a bowling ball shape, and then maybe it'll get down to, like, a marble, and then it'll hit Earth, which, in fact, happens all the time. Yeah. Meteorites hit Earth. beautiful, too. Yeah, and it's made of um, similar to, like, iron ore from the Earth. I actually was in the London Museum of Natural History, and I went into the special gem exhibit. And they actually had asteroids among the gems, and they had them cut similar to a geode is cut, like oh, out yeah? of a rock. It was beautiful. It looked almost like a circuit board because I, the I heat does asteroid. some crazy things. I'll yeah. show you some pictures later. It's the most beautiful thing. If you ever find one, they're, they're worth lots of money. So that's something interesting. NASA is actually studying a couple of these asteroids, like I said, and you wanted to know the damage. So NASA is studying one with um, the OSIRIS-REx spacecraft right now, and this rock is actually 500 meters in length. Its close flyby will be in 2135. Did you just say 500 meters in length? 500 meters in length. That's long. That's pretty long. That's half a kilometer. With that size asteroid, when it gets through um, the atmosphere, it has the potential to wipe out a country on Earth. Now, it doesn't say what country. You could be like, okay, what country? Um, United States. United States size or Luxembourg Could it be like Rwanda or Luxembourg, you know? Um, So that's going to hit within the next 120 years. Now, that damage. That's. Now, they don't have it aimed right at Earth, but any factor could put it off kilter, you know? It's going close. It's very 120 years is not that long. No, 2135. There's a chance that uh, we might be alive with medical science, Thomas. Yeah, I was going to say, that's almost too close. Every year, there's a 1 in 300,000 chance that a space rock could cause regional damage to our Earth. That's not that big of a probability. Not that. It's pretty low. I, I think know. A lo- I think can think of a lot of things that are higher probability than that. Yeah, I'm trying to think wh- like shark attacks and stuff or uh, yeah, well, more, shark more attacks likely like than that. A thousand. Yeah. I think, I think all those things are surprising with the statistics they show. I wonder if we should get meteorite insurance. You know what? During 2135, I would. Is I don't there, know if that's actually coverable. I wonder uh, I, I wonder if people that. during uh, Y2K bought Oh, yeah, there were all sorts of crazy insurance. packages that the insurance companies were trying to get people into and stuff, and I don't know. That's Maybe not almost credible like insurance companies, but more more along the lines of just people trying to make a scam. Yeah, it's scam, making some money. So anyway, Thomas, I asked the question, I'm like, what do we do if an asteroid's coming toward Earth? Everyone asks that question. People are, there are big companies kind of dedicated to this, and I actually listened to a podcast kind of recently with Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's like, yeah. 
there are lots of companies out there. NASA doesn't have their own, but they look at these other companies that are getting into it. So I'm like, well, okay, they could just shoot like a giant nuke at an asteroid, like shoot it really early to have it explode way out in space where the nuclear radiation is no problem to us. Or break it into smaller parts. Break it into smaller parts. But then I was like, oh, no, you don't want to break it into smaller parts because that makes things dramatically worse because then you have a million pieces still flying the same direction so the chance of multiple pieces but they hitting can you break is higher up, they can break up faster they can break up faster so maybe hit it with a bunch of nukes, nukes <laughs> could be an option but these options these options are very very kind of early in their forms of development because we've never had to do this before as far as i'm concerned it's a little out of the ordinary it's a little out of the ordinary it's not Armageddon, but who knows? There's one actually um, flying toward Earth that's going to hit April 13th, Friday the oh, 13th, no. um, 2029. Friday the 13th, 2029. Mark your calendars, folks. So we'll be there on it's that day, Thomas. Time. It's not going to hit Earth, but it's going to fly by. It's a monster asteroid named Apophis. Named Space is a dangerous place. There's things flying. I mean, look at gravity. Oh. Sandra Bullock almost getting hit with a space rock. Yeah. It's dangerous. Yeah. Dangerous puncture puncture a there. thing in your suit or, or debris. Now, in 2013, do you remember ever seeing that video of uh, the, the Russian. meteorite in Russia? Yeah. Yeah. So that was a 20-meter 20 meter, 20 meter meteorite that exploded over Chel- Chelyabinsk, Russia. A 20-meter um, meter meteorite. Yeah. Most of the people that went to the hospital, it was thousands of people. Most of the people that went to the hospital was all because they were standing near their windows to see it and the glass shattered and cut them. That's the only reason. The boom wasn't that bad. I mean, it was a loud boom, obviously, to shatter glass, but no one was hurt from the actual meteorite. They were hurt from the blast. I wonder if anybody got that rock. Yeah, I wonder. Actually, I think I think someone does have it. Neil deGrasse Tyson explained that he bought some of the glass that broke in an auction because he thought that was more interesting than the actual meteor itself. The meteor was obviously super expensive. There, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Weird you know. guy. I don't. I know there's a bunch of stuff with that, but um, space. Space. It's out there. You can't do anything about it. You can't it's Uber It's coming there. to you. You can't Uber to space. Maybe in the future we will see a uh, rideshare service into outer space. You never know. You never know. Remember, Uber's just a software company, and software can do a heck of a lot. Hey, put a man on the moon. Maybe it'll put an Uber. I mean, maybe Tesla and Uber, they work together as a super company, and then make it happen. Make it happen, folks. Oh, boy. I know know Elon wants to get into the rideshare service with automated Teslas. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens in the future. But for now, we live in the present, and we're going to sign off for this week. Matt? Thank you for teaching me about asteroids. Yeah, watch out tonight and tomorrow, Thomas. I'm going to look at the sky. This is a little past due for everyone else, but I hope you guys saw something. I guarantee there are more meteorites flying by when people are listening NASA to NASA knows, though. NASA knows. Go on their website. They have constant announcements. They have press releases because people are genuinely concerned about this stuff. It's interesting. And I'm glad they do it because yeah. I'm a little concerned, but not too concerned. Just, Just it's crazy that we could have a nation wiped out. Flick of a thumb, you know. But right now, we're all here. We're all happy. So for now, uh, thank you for listening to Two Top. Yeah, thank you. And we'll see you guys next time for another Two Topics. See ya. This was Two Top, an independently created and run podcast created by Thomas Lance and Matt Berg. 
Music this episode comes from Lee Rosever. For more info about this week's episode, visit us at twotoppodcast.com. For general inquiries and feedback, send us an email at twotoppodcast at gmail.com. See you next week for another Two Topics.